letting you know what's going on without going on and on and on. Welcome to a fast-paced way to get caught up on all the day's biggest local stories from News Talk 830-WCCO. This is the All Local. With Wednesday's WCCO All Local, I'm Lindsay Peterson. Today's stories include a busy time in Minnesota politics, murder charges for a man accused of poisoning his wife, and a look at what has become big business in Minnesota, haunted tourism. But we begin with yesterday's developments concerning the race for House Speaker in Washington, D.C. Minnesota Congressman Tom Emmer drops out of the running within three hours of being nominated to the position, the third person to do so. While he was backed by former Speaker Kevin McCarthy, Emmer did not have the support of former President Donald Trump, who attacked him on social media as a rhino, Republican in name only. WCCO radio political analyst, Blois Olson. I think it just, you know, further amplifies the dysfunction of the Republican conference in D.C., and that reflects the Republican divide nationally. Without a speaker, the House is unable to pass any legislation amid numerous crises at home and abroad. Minnesota DFL Chair Ked Martin says the fact that Emmer was not far right enough for Republicans shows how, quote, extreme the party has become. Mark Friday's Talk 830 WCCO. But the fourth time is the charm for Republicans in the House of Representatives after electing Louisiana Republican Mike Johnson as Speaker. Johnson is known as a staunch conservative who won broad support among his colleagues for the position. CBS News Chief Washington Correspondent Major Garrett tells us the previous leadership structure remains the same. He will be the Speaker at the top, the apex of power in the House of Representatives. But all the other Republican superstructure remains. Steve Scalise will still be the Majority Leader. Tom Epper will still be the House Majority Whip. The chair appoints the poll. Meaning those people who sought this position will now be beneath him and they will have to offer their support, their guidance, their floor capabilities their legislative capabilities to this newly minted speaker. So he will be reliant, that is to say, Mike Johnson, on people he is just bested for this coveted position. I'm Steve Simpson. The White House announcing yesterday that President Biden will be heading to Minnesota next week. In a brief statement, they only say that he'll be traveling here a week from today, November 1st, and that additional details will be released later. Minnesota Congressman Dean Phillips is headed for a presidential run after a Phillips for President bus was spotted making its way through Ohio yesterday. The move, though, is not drawing support from Minnesota's Attorney General Keith Ellison. If he would have asked me, I'd have said, it's not that great of an idea, man. But, you know, he's going to have to see and have it proven to him that um, that uh, this is not his moment. Uh, and I'm confident that that is going to happen. Phillips is expected to formally announce that he'll be challenging President Biden in the primary election in New Hampshire. That announcement set for Friday. A push to stop the dangerous practice of hazing on college campuses is getting support across the country and here in Minnesota. Minnesota Senator Amy Klobuchar is introducing the bipartisan Stop the Campus Hazing Act, which would require that schools report hazing incidents, along with establishing a campus-wide program to educate students about the dangers of hazing. When parents send their kids away to college, it's supposed to be a time of celebration. They're going to get an education, they're going to make new friends. But the sad reality is that some kids never come back. They're killed or they are hurt or maimed by hazing. At a press conference Tuesday that addressed the bill, Klobuchar was joined by the Santuli family and their son Danny, who suffered permanent brain damage after being hazed as a freshman at the University of Missouri. Taylor Rivera, News Talk 830 WCCO. A former medical resident at the Mayo Clinic in Rochester is charged with fatally poisoning his wife, 
a 32-year-old pharmacist who died days after she went to a hospital in August with stomach distress. Authorities say 30-year-old Connor Bowman tried to stop the autopsy of his wife, Betty, arguing that she should be cremated immediately and claimed she had a rare illness, which hospital tests did not confirm. The medical examiner's office halted the order for cremation, citing suspicious circumstances. An autopsy showed Bowman died from toxic effects of a medicine used to treat gout, which medical records say she was not diagnosed with. Mark Fry, Newstalk 830 WCCO. A new campaign to produce clean heat in Minnesota. Minnesota has a once-in-a-generation opportunity. Clean Heat Minnesota is out with a video and a game plan to help the state transition from natural gas to reliable, clean energy sources for heating, cooking, and appliances. Margaret Cherney Hendrick is with the nonprofit Fresh Energy, one of 30 members of a new coalition dedicated to making the change. The recent surge in gas prices, state legislative action setting the table for a clean energy transition, and increasingly frequent extreme weather events make it clear the stakes are enormous. She says they will work with the Minnesota Public Utilities Commission to navigate making the transition in a way that is both affordable and available to everyone. Susie Jones, Newstalk 830 WCCO. I'm Steve Simpson. We now have the name of one of the latest homicide victims in St. Paul. Police say 23-year-old David LaShawn Isaac was found suffering from gunshot wounds in a parking lot in the 400 block of Clinton shortly after midnight Monday. He was pronounced dead at the scene. Still no arrests or information on what led to that shooting. Police there also investigating the discovery of a body of a man near 35E and Cayuga Street yesterday afternoon. The ID and circumstances of that man's death still pending. City officials say the investigation into last week's fire at the old Kmart on Lake Street is now complete. Officially, the blaze has been ruled undetermined, which means that the cause cannot be proven. Earlier this week, cadaver dogs and infrared technology were brought in to sniff through the rubble to make sure there were no victims, and there were not. The city plans to clear the site in the coming days and weeks. The area was already slated for redevelopment prior to the blaze. Mark Fry, News Talk 830 WCCO. New today, students at a Twin Cities high school are making their feelings known about the war between Israel and Hamas and the Palestinians caught in the crossfire. I'm here at Adina High School where students organized a walkout in solidarity with the Free Palestine Movement. With security in place in and around the school, it appears students are leaving the building in large numbers, but no active demonstrations are taking place. However, it does still seem students are making a point to leave the property in agreement with the planned walkout today. Taylor Rivera, News Talk 830 WCCO. The plot thickens at Lake Harriet in South Minneapolis after authorities say a suspect shot at a park police officer late last night. Laura, we're here at the Lake Harriet band shell at the boat launch where the shooting took place about midnight. Now, we don't exactly know why, but right now there are actually divers in the lake. We weren't told anything about that at a press conference a short time ago, but Park Police Chief Jason Ahato did tell us that an officer was looking at an abandoned, illegally parked vehicle when someone came up. There was some kind of an exchange of words and then gunfire. Neither was hit. The suspect did flee the scene. He was caught a short time later. That 24-year-old is facing charges of attempted murder. The chief, Jason Ahato, says it is just lucky that no one was hurt. This could have been so much worse. In Minneapolis, Susie Jones, News Talk 830 WCCO. I'm Steve Simpson. Four Minnesotans have been indicted on federal charges in connection to a catalytic converter theft ring. U.S. Attorney Andrew Luger says the scheme involves stealing the parts here and then selling them in other states, yielding them about $21 million. 
41-year-old John Cotton of Hutchinson, 32-year-old Justin Johnson, and 31-year-old So Moo, both of St. Paul, and 34-year-old James Dillon of Minneapolis, all making their first court appearance yesterday, being charged with a number of crimes. Minnesota Congressman Dean Phillips' challenge of President Biden is drawing comparisons to a similar 1968 campaign. Professor of Political Science at Carleton College, Stephen Shear explains. Uh, on March 12, 1968, Congress member from Minnesota, Senator Eugene McCarthy, got 42% of the vote in the New Hampshire primary to the incumbent Democratic President Lyndon Johnson. 48%. This was a big surprise to the White House. Shear says history could be repeating itself. 2023, we now have Dean Phillips challenging a sitting Democratic president, Joe Biden, in the New Hampshire primary. Shear noting that Biden is not going to be on the ballot in New Hampshire because the state is violating national party rules about when to hold their primary. This gives an opportunity to Phillips to campaign in the state and try to get a large percentage of the vote. Taylor Rivera, News Talk 830-WCCO. In the weather, there's more rain on the way, plus a major cool down coming up. WCCO meteorologist Paul Douglas has details. That frontal system we've been tracking pretty much stalled right over the Twin Cities. A conga line of showers and thunderstorms kept redeveloping along that frontal boundary, producing some very impressive rains, one to two inches for parts of the metro. I see over three inches in Winona. We get a little break today before the next wave of showers and storms comes in tonight into Thursday morning. In fact, showers spill into Friday. The big story, a much colder front. It will be chilly enough for a little light snow and flurry action on Saturday, maybe a coating of slush on some lawns and fields. But I think with temperatures in the mid to upper 30s, whatever falls will melt pretty fast. Skies clear on Sunday. A chilly week next week. Looks like 30s for Halloween with wind chills closer to 20. Finally today, from haunted hayrides to haunted houses, it's a busy time for Minnesota's haunted tourism industry. In St. Paul, the 99-year-old Mounds Theater remains a top draw for ghost hunters and haunted tours. Jake Julia is with Explore Minnesota. The theater allegedly has a trio of ghosts that are haunting the theater. Um, and that tour itself is great. They do a really nice job. It's about an hour, hour and a half. But it's immersive ghost hunting tours are held here, and past attendees have described flickering lights, strange smells, and inexplainable cold spots. Julia adds that ghost tourism is most popular this time of year. But it is something that's popular throughout the year. And we actually have a great article on our website on ExploreMinnesota.com that has a number of different haunted attractions that you can experience all year round. Mark Fry, News Talk 830 WCCO. Thanks for listening to WCCO's All Local. You can find each day's All Local and all of our podcasts at WCCORadio.com or by downloading the Odyssey app. I'm Lindsay Peterson, News Talk 830 WCCO.